Hey everybody, welcome to Dogs Central on a Tuesday. We are breaking down Missouri, Georgia versus Missouri. Uh, Graham, what in the world happened up in Columbia? A lot of misery versus Missouri. Uh, man, I think going back through it, like you come out and you turn the ball over twice in the first 20 minutes and you know, I, I thought Stetson actually came out with some sharp throws and they got dropped. And then, I don't know, I think as a quarterback, you start getting your head and aiming the ball a little bit. And that created some struggles for him, I think, in the, the late first and second quarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you cannot spot a home team, a home underdog in the game on the road in the SEC a couple turnovers and a couple, you know, a couple busted plays. Like the the leaf quotient jumped up considerably, and I think Georgia took a little while to match that intensity. Yeah, hundred percent. No matter how bad a team is um, in college football, momentum and environment can uh, add points. <laughs> to a game um it's a it's just such a weird thing right we see it every year um we it's been a while you know i feel like since we've seen it with georgia under kirby smart um mm-hmm. but these things do happen and and i agree i think you know one of the big I- issues as well which we'll talk about as we break down the film is i think missouri was sending some uh, interesting pressure packages that there were you know just things that uh putting some pressure on stetson to put put guys in the right spot for pass protection. And when you got guys running free and you're a little tight because of the environment and the momentum's all against you, um, things happen like they happened on Saturday night. Josh, uh, what were your takeaways before we dive into the film? All right. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I am no, I can't <laughs> lie. I, I, I had this, you know, like first off, I'm still I'm still basking in, in the national championships. Not gonna lie, and uh, I, it was like kind of fun to be in a dogfight again. And that sounds crazy. My wife didn't know what alien came into my body and took over because that's not the game I take really well for yeah. the 22 mar- years we've been married before this. In fact, I almost destroyed uh, a uh, what do you call it an engagement party on the one particular Georgia set. Georgia, South Carolina weekend. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was awesome. I mean, and I just love, I mean, they battled through it. They didn't have their A game and they they scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to come back 10 points down on the road in a night game in the NCC. As crazy as that sounded, I had a blast. Well, I I guarantee you, both you and Kirby Smart had fun on Saturday (laughs) night. And that's probably the only people. In the proximity of the Georgia program that had fun were you and Kirby Smart, because um, I'm sure he he loved it for the reasons you mentioned too. I, I think though that you do bring up a good point, Josh, in that like a big separator in college football, it, like there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days. The elite teams win their clunkers, so to speak, like those games where everything's going kind of wrong and starts out poorly and it's just everything feels like it's a sludge and a drudge like they find a way to win those uh and georgia you know they didn't do that in 2019 against south carolina and they did do that on saturday against missouri and i think that that's a large difference right oh yeah yeah i mean it's a good the 2019 game is sort of the kind of the watermark for the Kirby era, you know what I mean, in terms of what he he didn't win. I mean, you saw the stat on the game. That was the first deficit of, of double-digit deficit Georgia's overcome since the Rose Bowl. So, um, yeah, they've played a lot of they've played a lot of blowouts. And uh, and I still – I mean, this team has got experience, but the leadership experience is still kind of new. And I still think they're finding their way there. And, and we saw some of that on the sidelines. And maybe we're not seeing it in some other places on the field, but I think they're going to they're gonna, – grow together as a team and and you know a team that comes out with a lot of youth and has to replace a lot and that's a good coaching staff and yeah we got this win i don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna win all the games this year but you don't get to win them all the georgia team's going to lose a game at some point and uh so let's enjoy the the comeback wins when they come because they're huge the only time so nick nick saban greatest football coach of all time at, at alabama he's had one 
year where he went 12 and 0 back to back in the regular season. He's he's won a lot of national championships, but 2008 and 2009 were the only years that he went back to back 12 and 0 in the regular season. He's had quite a few uh, 12 and 0 seasons, but none back to back. That's how difficult it is, right? Georgia went 12 and 0 in the regular season last year. It's just difficult. It's just hard to do it, and you saw some yeah. of that on Saturday night. Um, what I will say, and this is this is you know a little bit of coach speak, but um, this is where you find out who your leaders are. It's where you find out who are the guys. You saw it with uh, with Jamon uh, Dumas Johnson on the sideline getting getting into uh, one of the DBs' ears, right? Like you find out who are the guys that are willing to step up, be, be vocal, lean in when you have to go. Um, you know, pull a victory out of the the jaws of defeat. Um, who who are your guys that can make it happen? So, um, I think it's I think it was I'm with you, Josh. In terms of, I think there's a lot of good things that came out of it. I didn't have as much fun watching it as you did. Um, but let's let's dive into the film. We can talk about why uh, why it wasn't as fun. Um, now, so we'll, yeah, we'll, Graham we'll, starts us off with yeah. some good good plays. So here's clip twenty. Well, yeah, so this is good pass plays, right? Because, like, there's been a lot of talk about what Stetson did and didn't do in this game. Like, I I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, coming out early and having a couple drops was was bad. Like, I think it, it just threw everything off. But, like, this is, you know, kind of the first uh, positive pass play. Like, you had two drops, one by Roseme, one by Ladd on these deep slant routes that would have been first downs. And, you know, by the time you get your first good completion, you're down, you know, you're, you're down in this game. Right. Um, but like this, this clip 35 right here, like this is a big boy throw from Stetson. Okay. Like your offensive line has been shaky so far. You got number eight bearing down on you right there and you stand yeah, they, in the pocket and hang in. Sorry. They cut, they cut to the other play live after that. So they didn't extend that replay. I'm going to start it from the top. Yeah, I mean, like, this is – the biggest thing that I saw as a struggle for Georgia on Saturday night um, in the past game was that Georgia's receivers were not getting open against man coverage. Yep. And that that's a problem if that continues mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the success rate – like, Bill Connolly put out a uh, – <clears throat> kind of like a a big advanced box score type deal for this game. And, you know, you look at where, where it all kind of, I don't know, broke down for Georgia. Like the passing. Okay. uh, So against man coverage, Georgia had 15 passes with a 26.7% completion rate for 78 yards. Now, they were 19.5 yards per completion on those 15 passes. But, you know, I, I thought – I love Rosemey. He's a great player, but he was targeted eight times in this game and only had three receptions, and, and a lot of those targets came against man coverage. And I think uh, Stetson is used to – having these boundary receivers that if you play man on them, they're going to win. Um, but like that throw right there, rolling left over, God, that was over a linebacker incredible. between a safety. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a high, high level football <laughs> play. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there were quite right. a few of those, right? There, there were quite a few plays right. in this game that it's never as, as bad as it seems. And it's generally never as good as it seems. And I feel like that described this game very well. Um, yeah and you know I, I thought like you're gonna see this next play here you got arian at the bottom he only played five snaps in this game but like the twitchiness that he has right here uh that's a little bit different than what you're getting with him and ad mitchell out that, that you know with him and ad mitchell out you just don't have guys that are creating that much space uh you know that's a good play from lad getting over there but i thought you know that like that's a deep out on third and seven. That's that's not yeah, really I, an easy throw. You got to wait and let that develop. And I mean, the offense has not had to have 
we got to make this play very often, you know, and, and it's right. like, Oh yeah, you want to execute on third down, but when you're down 16 to six and, and it's third and seven, you got to move the stick. You, this is, that's incredible resilience too. I mean, that's just a good play on a good down. And it wasn't just for nothing. It was, we, they had to have that play. They had to have all these plays, especially in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. And like this play right here, this, so all of a sudden in the third quarter, it was like Mocken decided to start doing what he had done against Oregon mm-hmm. and South Carolina, which was let your very, very good downfield blockers downfield block and put the ball in your athletes' hands on the edge. And, mm-hmm. you know, this look how easy these yards come for Georgia. Like this, you know, all of a sudden there's space when it feels like there hasn't been space all night. And and this is also an extension of a running like of your running game. And, and you know, we're gonna get into all that, but your running game struggled mightily in the first half i i think todd mockin is the best offensive coordinator that georgia's ever had but this game was not i feel like his his best night like i thought that he could have done some things to sort of like release the pressure and and pick up easy yards earlier than he did uh i mean darnell obviously still a mutant yeah i i would never you know try to make assumptions for why coaches have certain game plans but the first half especially the the play calling definitely felt like um we have better players than you and so Mm -hmm. it's going to be very vanilla and we're just gonna you know run a very simple route tree do some very simple pass protections and we're gonna beat you like that's kind of how it felt and Missouri, uh, credit to them. We're like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you know, it definitely, definitely felt like uh, n- not that. I don't think any coach at this level, you know, phones it in, but it definitely felt like a very simple game plan that might have been predicated on. We just have better athletes than you. Yeah, and, I mean, like uh, that throw right there yeah. is, you know, five minutes to go in the game. Yeah, you're waiting for your guy to clear. Like you're. You're throwing that ball past about three different defenders on on 117 here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, and, this and is yeah, Dom, Dom, quarterback. yeah, Dom Dom Blaylock three receptions on three targets. Um, showed some strong hands. I mean, these are the guys you want in these moments, right? Yeah, and I, I thought you know he only ran nine routes and had three catches on three targets. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe you know the separation <laughs> thing that we're talking about. He looks healthy, like he, you know, he looks a lot like his 2019 self right now, and uh, that's a dude that can create some space in tight quarters. So I I think maybe we'll see some more of him. Um, But let's get into the bad pass plays, unless you got something else to say, Josh. Nah, ready for the pain. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So here you're going to come right out, first play of the game. Oh. Yeah, all right. So first play of the game, you're going to, you know, shift out, spread everybody. And this is tight coverage, but, like, this this is a good throw from from Bennett into tight coverage. Mm-hmm. That should be a catch. Um, yep. And it's not. And now all of a sudden you're in second and 10, and you, you get a running play blown up. And now all of a sudden you're in third and 14, and Warren McClendon – is going to get beat pretty bad at right tackle. Broderick Jones is not going to have a great time either. Um, you know, I, I thought for as many times as Georgia was in obvious passing downs on Saturday night mm-hmm. that they, they actually converted a lot of third and longs through yeah. the air. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's just it, – this is like the the least ideal way you can start a game, really. Uh, yeah. Because it just makes everybody start questioning things. And then you got, yeah. you know – yeah, Third and seven, second yeah. drive, and now you're putting out of your own end zone. Yeah, you can't drop it. One stat going back to that um, that Marcus Roseme Jack Saint um, play that you showed a couple clips ago. PFF um, showed he had four contested targets. Yes, yeah, and zero of those were receptions. You can't go zero for four on con- on contested catches. Uh, at this level being a, you know, starting wide receiver. So um, 
that and lad you know with a drop i think early on there was there were things that you know besides what was happening with pressure besides what was happening up front um there there were you know four or five plays there that you just got to make as a receiver personally i think yeah so, yeah. no i agree uh i mean like that right there is just an overthrow on 33 yeah, right, right. Like, i mean it, it's not mcintosh is open on wheel routes as he normally is but mm-hmm. That's a play that is makeable. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, you'd rather him overthrow it than than throw a pick. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like right here on this clip, you're going to see this is not a good throw from Stetson. But like, look across mm-hmm. the field and tell me where where this ball is supposed to go. Nobody downfield is open with separation. Um, this play is a freaking disaster mm-hmm. right here uh yeah, yeah this is the weird like screen thing and but this is what happens when your offensive line's not blocking like you know when when your offensive line can't can't block six guys coming at you even that should have been a touchdown like that yeah. that was the play i thought that was maybe the most egregious of all. Um, but, you know, I, I guess the thing I'm driving at is, like, Bennett's receivers and pass protection really didn't do him any favors. Uh, oh, this – no, this is the right play. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, Rosemey, this is one of those – oh, never mind. Um, what, 50? Yes. Yeah, like, this is one of those situations where – Bennett throws this ball expecting his ex receiver against man coverage to create separation on a comeback route. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. And, you know, now maybe he should have gone somewhere else with it, but it's like, that's a timing route. If you're going to throw it, you got to throw it. And that's and, one of those contested ones that he didn't bring in. Yeah. Right. This, this one's just a bad throw right here. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the play over the middle to Bowers that I don't know honestly if to tell from this angle how you know mm. like it seems like Brock is never really looking for the ball. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's a great throw either way, but Bowers You got space right there. I mean that's yeah, you know that's catchable. Yeah. Well it well it's it's thrown behind it. Like if you put it in the right spot, that that should be a completion for sure. But it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell if, if Stetson was expecting Bowers to turn to the right. outside or the inside, right? Um, yeah, and this, I don't understand why. Like, why are you rolling him left mm-hmm. into the defensive end when you haven't pass protected all night? Uh, I thought this was a dumb call mm-hmm. on first and 10 with 17 seconds to go in the half, especially if you're trying to manage the clock. You don't need to roll your pocket mm-hmm. out. You know, I mean, you can let him sit back there and your receivers are going to clear 14 yards. That play right there, this – he should have not tried to – like he should have seen the rush coming and aborted this play action. Mm -hmm. But this was one where if he hits Darnell, that's a touchdown. Um, Yeah. But he's also getting slammed in the head. (laughs) Yeah. And McIntosh has to step into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, they mentioned on the broadcast, um, Josh, on that last clip, they mentioned, you know, that that should be that should be a hot route. Right. On on 91 where um, you, you got. Okay. Yeah. You just mentioned it, Graham. Like you got to abandon you got to abandon the, uh, the, fake. the fake there and just, yeah, come up, especially when you got a guy that's six, seven, 280 pounds. It's like forget that little play action. Just just throw it over to him. Yeah, here Bell is supposed to sit down and doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that's one of the challenges of having some of these receiver, these young receivers. Like Bell is talented, and I think he is. Yeah. He just sits at getting right there right? on the outside. Yeah, you're supposed to stop right there, right? So if you look and you yeah. see, based on the coverage, you got that guy in the middle of the field, that safety. You gotta you gotta stop, and then the idea is that you know if you stop there, then you can work your way back to the outside, but you don't want to be going inside. You see the three receivers, see Lad in the middle. It's like yeah. you just get yeah, you just gotta sit down. 
And then right here, this play, if McClendon protects, is six. Like Bowers is three yards clear of the defensive back. Hmm. And there's just not time to get it off. That's one I don't put on Bennett. Uh, and then, oh, this is a good pass play. This is a Brock screen, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just I didn't understand why when you can do that and get ten and twelve yards every time, and your offensive line is struggling. Um, a really good way to basically like make a blitzy. There's two ways you can really like make a team that's blitzing seven guys and six guys over and over like Missouri was pay with your passing game. One is quick slants and, you know, quick crossing routes behind it. That wasn't working. Like the, the guys were not getting enough separation on those short, short plays to make that happen. The other is let's go outside or let's go behind this with tunnel screens and stuff. And, you know, if these guys are going to leave the middle of the field wide open, we're going to go plow on the edge. Our guy might have a chance to cut back inside in this space where those linebackers aren't. Like, there's a lot that can happen. And they finally did that in the third quarter. But it just – you know, if you're Georgia and Missouri is blitzing you over and over and you can't do anything to make them pay for it, then they're going to keep doing it. And, you know, I, I thought there was – it was just slow to adjust to what was happening in this game. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I was, you know, Warren McClendon was one of those guys where just had a very uncharacteristically bad game. I mean, he, you know, <clears throat> he allowed two pressures, a hurry and a hit, um, which is, you know, that's four times that they're coming off of that side, um, four different plays on, on, disrupting Stetson so that's tough yeah for sure I mean like this is first run play of the game and we talked so you know we we just did a a deal with George Foster talking about zone versus gap mm -hmm. and that's one of these zone plays right here mm -hmm. uh his opinion is that Georgia should be a gap team that occasionally sprinkles a zone run in uh right now they've they've called basically 50 50 on the season 71 to 67 zone zone calls versus gap calls in the run game like mm -hmm. but you're gonna see this whole list of bad run plays that we're about to go through in the first half mm -hmm. almost all of these are going to be zone blocking schemes and you know it was interesting talking to him about this because he played in some really good zone schemes in the nfl and George was explaining how, like, the, the zone blocking scheme, like, all five guys have to be doing everything right. It's a dance. They all have to move together. You know, like, there's a synchronicity that has to happen. And it's hard for a college offensive line to get enough practice time and reps to create that. But it's especially hard when George is rotating on the offensive line every other series, right? So, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's something to, to think about, but yeah, with the zone here, like it just didn't work for them. Yeah. And, and, you know, I talked a lot about the successful runs and this is one of those runs that Georgia has been converting on a large percentage of the time and they didn't get it there. And that's, that was one of those things I was like, you gads, you know, third and three, you know, you should be able to, Georgia has been pretty dependent on those runs, especially with Kenny Mack with the ball in his hands and just, you know, didn't, that right edge or that left edge didn't give him the, the spot. Well, Tay Rattledge is getting blown up off the right side too, you know, um, and that's that's ruining everything as well. Like this is this is a a gap scheme play right here. Like you're you're trying to get these guys coming out on the edge, um, mm -hmm. and it's a miss by Broderick. So it's not to say that Georgia runs gap scheme perfect every time. I want to be clear on that, but. Yeah, I mean, right here you'll – oh, this is the fumble. Yep. So, mm -hmm. that's another – Just a, just a late read, I guess. On yeah, Stephen this Clark. is one where – right, yeah. I don't know. 
yeah, that's probably on Stetson. So you're going to see his own plate. Nobody gets pushed off the line. And I'm just going to say it, like, Milton, you know, I think he uh, has struggled some with his reads in zone in particular. I think he's been very good in the gap scheme stuff, but he doesn't see the play super well all the time in zone because he's got to read all five linemen. He's got to do it quick. But, like, there's a lot of space off the left side here that, that you can cut back into. And, you know, maybe – I'm not saying he's running for 60, but he's running for five or seven. Yeah. Um, well, becoming – yeah, becoming a cutback runner, um, Nick Chubb – they were talking about that. Nick Chubb – the Browns played the Falcons this weekend, and they were talking about that on that on the broadcast, about Nick Chubb's vision and his ability to cut back and take those – kind of big open spaces, it's it's a difficult thing. And and sometimes, you know, I don't – I'm not the type of person that you have it or you don't, but sometimes, you know, you see enough sample size and it's like, is that vision really there to actually – it's it's a feel thing, right? And right. you got to be able to feel it out and you got to do it enough times that you can feel it out instinctively and um, doesn't feel like that's happening very much. Yeah, so, I mean, this is another – just like your guys are trying to block into the second level and they're, they're absolutely whiffing at what they're doing um, here. You know, a, a, you're going to have a, a third and one where you go zone down on the goal line. Um, I don't agree with motioning lad back into the formation there. It just brings another body to the box, mm. but yeah, all of a sudden, you know, you've gone from third and one to fourth and two. That's not good. And then this is kind of like a little split zone kind of action here. Uh, but this is the first play of that final drive, and it gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah. This one, that one was tough because you're putting your helmet right in the back of your. Josh, office. stop here. Yeah. yeah, go for it. I don't know why that play is there. Oh, yeah. Where are we? Because we're going to go back to... Oh, I see. We've got it twice. Copy that. Um, Stop! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Omaha! Omaha! (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I I think the thing that I really wanted to illustrate there is that, like, a lot of those, you know, the vast majority of those bad run plays were zone calls. Um, And that wasn't it was more like obvious and egregious on Saturday night against Mizzou than it's been in other games, but I didn't feel like it was anything new. Like they've been struggling to block zone all year. Like we haven't really seen Georgia have more than a couple good, you know, 12 plus yard runs on zone blocking schemes. Um, and that's just another situation where it's like, we know that Georgia brought Monken and Cyril's together because they're both supposedly like pull heavy gap scheme kind of guys. So why are we sitting here slamming our heads against the wall over and over and over trying to run zone when that's not even really your philosophy to begin with. It just doesn't make sense. Um, And last year you go back and, Look, Georgia was about a 50-50 zone and gap team, which is odd. Like, that is rare. Normally, somebody's one or the other. But last year, you had backs, especially in Cook and and Zeus, who, like, they could read. Like, they would find the smallest crease in the offensive line, and they they would bust into the second level. And, you know, A, those creases are not there as much so far this year. But, B, it's just like, I don't know that that's that's the the right game for the personnel you have right now. I don't think these guys are as good at reading holes as what Georgia's maybe had in past years of running back. Um, and that's, you know, an experience. It's just, it's a lot of different things. And it's also like you aren't really confident in those holes being there every time if mm-hmm. your offensive line's getting blown up over and over and over. And then, you know, it just creates more into decisiveness yeah well you've got you've also got guys i mean kendall milton hasn't played that much 
And right. I mean, he's been in, he's been in the program for a while, right? But he's but he's been he's the last couple of years he's been banged up. Um, it, obviously, being in a program where you're in a backfield that's behind Zamir White, James Cook, and Kenny McIntosh. I mean, just reps. Like you're you're at a space where I think it there's both a I mean, I'll say this, and I don't mean it derogatorily, but there's both a, a talent deficit. I mean, they're just just not as good as the guys that you've had back there uh, in the past, um, and uh, and experience, and some of those go hand in hand. But I think that's one thing that you know I think Georgia fans have to keep in mind when you're watching these guys run is that yeah, Georgia, you know, is RBU. Georgia has a long history of uh, very skilled running backs um but Dejan Edwards Kendall Milton I mean they just haven't played that much and and um I would love to see Dejan get some more touches I would love to see you know some other Kendall figure out this cutback piece and the vision but it just it comes from playing and and you've gotta you gotta go out there and and play and we'll see how much they can develop the good news is you don't have to be really good at that in week five against Missouri. Um, but you are going to have to be right. really good at that, <laughs> you know, in, in November and December um, right. against uh, Tennessee, Mississippi state, Kentucky, probably Alabama and the SEC championship, like those games, that's, that's where that cutback makes the difference in you winning the game in some cases, or you, you know, losing. So, well, no, um, that's, yeah. that's hundred percent right. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at the splits, and I think it's back-to-back weeks, you know, right around five yards of carry, and their two lowest success rates. Still pretty good at over 50% uh, rush success rates. So it's back-to-back weeks where we were – before that, we were uh, 61 against – I'm sorry, it was 61% success rate. Actually, we did – I'm sorry, I was looking at the Sanford game. The two out of three weeks were, you know, right around five yards of carry against – teams that we felt like we should have blown out and just not looking that great on the run game. And like you said, Georgia's prides themselves on RBU and and it's very probably middle of the pack in terms of yardage and everything. The efficiency is still there, but yeah, people mm-hmm. want to see chunk plays, whether it's passing or running the ball. And we haven't really gotten a lot of those chunk plays uh, of late. So um, I haven't calculated the Monk and uh, explosives that for including Missouri game, but it was still we're in between, you know, we're still like 12 and a half percent, whereas last year we were running 14 and a half percent explosives plays. So, yeah, and for whatever it is, but we're gonna get us some good runs, right? We are, yeah, and uh, we'll go through unless, unless uh, mentioned otherwise, all of these are gonna be gap scheme plays, and the biggest way you can tell that is going to be. Uh, Where's seven? You're going to see guys pulling. Yeah, we're going for close seven, Josh. Hang on a second. Let me find it real fast. I'm going to close this out real fast. Hang on. Yep. Two. Sorry, guys. What's going on here? Right. So, yeah, the, I mean, the, some of the plays we're going to watch, right, are actually – there were a good amount of good run plays. Um, there were a good yeah. amount. You know, the success rate was very good, especially in that fourth quarter. When you had to run the ball in the late third and fourth quarter, you were able to run the ball. Um, and that's a, that's a big thing for Georgia um, to build on. And, you know, I think, like – um, if you look, it was you know, forty-one percent of rushes were five plus yards. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like at the end of the day, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, that in the fourth quarter, Georgia ran the ball fifteen times for one hundred and six yards. That's that's mm-hmm. plenty efficient. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Dajan had, I believe, six carries for forty-six yards on the last drive. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that I did find myself very uh, kind of warm and fuzzy or positive about in this game was going back and looking, you know, I, I got to pull up my uh, 12 takeaways here real quick. But when you talked about right guard and left guard, you know, which is something we had stressed all year, 
mm-hmm. like how that had been kind of a, a problem. Uh, Georgia had five carries for 60 yards mm-hmm. when going off right guard and three carries for 34 yards going off left guard. So you combine that's eight carries, 94 yards running, running in your a gaps pretty much. Um, yep. That that's like some old school up the gut yeah. type Georgia football that we haven't really seen in a few years, honestly, like, True. I mean, as as much as like we kind of talk in this colorful, yeah. positive way about like some of the offensive lines mm-hmm. under Pittman and mm-hmm. you know earlier in the Kirby era, like set aside 2017, these offensive lines haven't like like Georgia's been efficient enough in the run game, but like they haven't mm-hmm. ever really been blowing people off the ball or Correct. been great running the ball up the middle so mm-hmm. that felt kind of different honestly yeah it it harkened back to uh you're just missing a fullback and then you had you know mike bobo offense like throw a fullback back there <laughs> yeah. and and you're gonna run the damn ball right i mean that's a little screen to jt wall and we were cooking yeah yeah the formations were different but there was it definitely had that that old school run the damn ball feel to it um there in the fourth quarter you know especially you know georgia 177 non-stack rush yards, um, 5.2 a carry, which is not bad. Well, Graham, I apologize. I don't have these handful of good run plays. I've got the defense, everything lined up. I do have the death march. If you want to talk about the Dejan death march, I apologize. Yeah, that's fine. We can we can at least look at those. Um, yeah. Do you have the plays that we were looking at with George? I did. I was trying to. They're out there. I've got place seven, but that's um, with throw with, seven up there. Okay. Yeah. If you can. Cool. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is early. Like, this is that fumble to start the game. So, it's it's a bad play, but it's a good play. But this, this is actually a zone concept right here uh, that Georgia blocks well. I mean, like, you're going to see these guys moving kind of down the line of scrimmage here. And, you know, Tate does a nice job taking this guy out of the play. Yeah, Yeah, like, this is textbook shit. So, I think if there's one sort of – like, if we're talking, let's give Todd Monken the benefit of the doubt. If I was sitting up in the booth in the first Mm -hmm. zone run I called, pop like this, I probably would have kept calling him too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's three minutes in the game, first possession. Yeah. And then I got, never did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got, I got 76 in here, too, somewhere. Another six. Yeah, this is – There's 76 okay. here. Jump to 76. Totally, yeah. So, this is that first drive of the second half, and Georgia starts, starts going gap scheme. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is – like that was a good that was a good run by Kendall. It was. It was a really good run by Kendall. He hugs the wall here. Yeah. Um, Tate mm-hmm. comes through, blows his guy up. McClendon yep. as well. Like, yeah. These guys just look so much more comfortable on these pulls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there another one right here from from Dejan. You know, in talking to George earlier, it's like he was just kind of like, this is what your personnel is built for. Like, Mm -hmm. these are big guys, you know. Mm -hmm. He referred to it as these guys can move some furniture. Like, they can get up and and push some guys around. Uh, So, I I think the question is, will we see more of this moving forward? But you can keep playing this, Josh. I'm sorry. Well, I got to get back to the Dejan death march. So, give me a second here. Yeah, it's 125. Oh, okay. I did. Well, miracles never cease. You're right there. There you go. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, kind of going, looking at this last drive. So, I mean, this is some, like, this was beautiful, getting these guys out on the edge. But they just looked a lot more comfortable out there in open space. You know, like, this is some really nice everyone working this is- unit this mm-hmm. is where everybody's looking i mean i've heard dejan edwards all week on a lot of podcasts and in a lot of tweets and uh 
uh, you know, I love Dejon, and I but Georgia runs a lot of running backs, and I think uh, I'm Chris Milton, Kendall Milton's going to get it going. Kenny Mack's going to get it going. Dejon's going to be right there. We're going to see these guys. I don't, I don't think any, I don't think Monken or anybody's lost faith in any of the other guys. Yeah, back up to 127 there, Josh. So this is going to be kind of like a little, like this is basically what's if you hear people talk about like split zone, this is a split zone play right here with with Bowers coming back across the formation. But like, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's all is not lost in the world of zone, but it seemed like Georgia's zone blocking schemes started working again after like the thing about running those gap schemes was those guys that were blitzing up field. You were basically just using their momentum against them and Mm -hmm. letting them take themselves out of the play and then seal them off. And Mm -hmm. once you did that, you know, it just kind of, it changes the psychology of everything. And those guys aren't just pinning their ears back and, shooting free over and over anymore. And I thought that was, you know, a, kind of an important distinction, but like that run right there from Edwards is not really well blocked. That's just like him making four yards sort of happen. And I think that's why you're here and all that. I mean, I, I agree. Like George has got three good running backs. I don't think it's time to put anybody on the shelf, but uh, I do think sometimes you see Edwards make decisions a little bit quicker and just go with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, it's just, you know, I think, I think so much of that is just um, instinctual and I, I hate to put it that way, but I do think at some point you get to a point in your career as a running back and you've, you have that feel for it. And I think Dejan obviously has that feel for it. Um, it's hard. It's, it's hard to do. Not, not many guys can just, wake up and you have a play and it's supposed to go a certain way. And you, you know, like you saw it with Kendall Milton on that good run that I pointed out, like where he took that half beat kind of hesitation to let the guard, you know, get in the gap and get out in front of him. And, um, and that doesn't happen consistently enough. Whereas Dejan, you know, it's, it's not the same. There's not the same speed. It feels like, you know, feels like Kendall a lot of times is just hitting it at the same speed, at the same cadence, at the same rhythm, and you got to be able to mix it up. You got to be able to take that half beat, bounce it outside. You know, all of those things have to happen, and that that feels very instinctive. Instinctive. Sorry, I can't talk this afternoon. No, you're good, but yeah, you're right. Dejan just kind of looks like a dude that's like playing, you know, backyard football where yeah. eleven guys are chasing one, and he just like he's just not gonna let you touch him, and there's not a ton of thought happening. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I don't mean this derogatorily toward, toward any of the running backs, but you can tell when a runner, when a runner is running tight versus running loose and Dejan just runs loose, man. He's just like, he's just very free flowing with it. Kind of like um, Deandre Swift. <clears throat> All right. Let's just jump into the defense here. And uh... okay. All right. Bad defensive plays. Uh, <laughs> You know, honestly, I didn't think the defensive performance was that bad. This is uh, Tyke Smith giving up some inside leverage. That that pass plays too easy. Um, you know, it didn't help that uh, Missouri started basically at the 50, their first, like, three drives of the game. Um, this, I feel like, I, you know, that, that should be an interception. It's just – I know it's a weird play. Chris Smith has earned the benefit of the doubt, but <laughs> – Still should be an interception. Um, uh, you know, for an upset, that's how you draw it up. Home crowd, f- yeah, out of the gates, and you won the explosive battle. You did you, and you did everything, and you won the field position battle, and mm-hmm. you did, and Georgia still won. You know, those are three of the two, two or three of the right. most important factors in the Bill Connolly five factors thing. You know, and and, totally. and we survived. Yeah. I mean, that said, the, the, the success rate battle was dominated, you know, 40, 48 to 29 or something like that. Um, so, but their big plays really counted. Mm-hmm. But right, exactly. Not enough. You know, like this is one of those where, I don't know, there seems to be a little confusion over who's supposed to be in that zone. Um, it seemed like the, the Georgia's bad plays in this game came in like little clusters, like one after another. Like this is the very next play here. Uh, this that was a missed throw, but like seven was wide open 
mm-hmm. uh, Dominic Lovett, who is their best receiver, the SEC's leading receiver coming into this game. It's a dude mm-hmm. you might want to know where he is <laughs> most of the time. Uh, you know, that that's really, a really bad, bad throw. Yeah. yeah, it's bad throw, but it's bad coverage too. Um, yeah, clip 29 here. I think is this our first run fit miss of the day? No, this is the scramble play, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you're right. This is the scramble play. Yeah, and this is the one that Dumas Johnson was yelling at Laster on the sidelines about after the drive because uh, he comes up and bites when, you know, he shouldn't have been. But also, if Nolan Smith makes the sack, he doesn't have to bite. Um, so, you know, like missed tackles will kill you. Uh, this is poor tackling, in my opinion. And almost a really bad late hit tackle. Hmm. Yeah. And then you get a bust on the touchdown. I don't know who this was on. It was on one of the Smiths, I think. Like, it's, it's either Tyke or, or Christopher. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it was kind of yeah. smart of Mizzou thinking like, oh, these guys have been drilled on screens all week let's mm-hmm. let's show them a screen and and they bid on it um yeah but like that was only you know that was mizzou's only real like productive moment in the red zone in this game and it was a, a bus and then yeah, here's your run fit this. yeah this is the one that you know talking about good zone blocking missouri on these stretch plays you're gonna see right here this, this is like textbook zone run blocking right here. All these guys moving in unison down the line. And Dumas Johnson's going to fill in the wrong hole. Logue cannot let that happen. Mm. And there's a bunch of other people that should have been there too to make the play. But, like, those two guys in particular are in the, you know, mm-hmm. in position. Uh, I thought Logue had a pretty rough game, honestly. Mm. Um, you know, he looked a little slow out there at times. And this is Ringo getting mossed down the field. I think, you know, Kirby talked about this in the press conference, but like, I, you know, just he's got to get his head up because a lot of these plays could be interceptions if he does. Mm-hmm. And he's such an athlete that no one is going to burn him downfield, but he, you know, he tends to play the man instead of the ball and kind of panics. And, mm-hmm. you know, right here, he had just had that holding penalty on a third and 17 to give Missouri a first down. Um, and then you get a, a miss in the run game. Like I, I just thought Missouri basically manufactured six points in this second half, in that third quarter to keep the game mm-hmm. at a 10 point game by, by just targeting him down the field and kind of like letting him sort of make his own mistakes almost. And then that's a, that's a bad run fit. That's another one of these stretch plays. Um, you know, I, 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 I liked the intensity that Dumas Johnson brought, you know, I mean, Monden gets busted out of that play too. It's not just on JDJ. Uh, pause it right here, Josh. Um, you know, I, I just thought that the uh, the intensity was good, but he also had four missed tackles in this game, mm-hmm. and some of those came in moments where you could have gotten off the field. Now mm-hmm. we're going to look at these good defensive plays, uh, but I don't know. Did you have any thoughts, either of you guys, on sort of kind of what went wrong for the defense, or if you're concerned moving forward? <sighs> I'm personally not concerned other than – I mean, you got some young guys up front. You got some – you know, you, you saw JDJ talking, having a polite discussion with Lasseter on the sideline. <laughs> uh, you know, like you've got some guys that are still trying to learn to play together, and there are times when you have assignments that you just you just miss. And Missouri – I mean, their average drive distance was 26 yards. Um they had a, a few plays, right? And Josh did a good job of breaking this down on Dog Central in terms of their their actual 
successful plays, uh, especially in the second half. There weren't very many of them. Yeah, there were five, five total. And, and um, yeah, I actually have a broader picture. And we talked about in our mm-hmm. season preview about mm-hmm. what this defense was going to be. And it yeah. came out of the gate just elite, just like, oh, yeah, we reload. We don't rebuild. Mm-hmm. And I said there's going to be some regression. We're, we're not going to allow 3.8 yards per play defensively. We're going to be up in the 4.5, which is we're actually maybe crept over that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're still in a good success rate allowed at you know forty or thirty nine percent. So those numbers are really really good. Sometimes you got to score more than twenty points a game to win. And we said this offense should be the elite. This offense will yeah. definitely take care of this defense while it gets its legs under it. And that's what you saw. You saw a night game. I keep saying this night game on the road, and things didn't. They made some mistakes, and and Missouri made them pay. But thankfully, you know, between the hustle play for Starks. And, you know, stepping up in the red zone and hold them to field goals. And, you know, like, you know, after that first quarter, things really just kind of like they righted the ship. They'd still had a couple big plays. But after they had two two plays after the in the second quarter, like midway through the second quarter, they had two plays that went into Georgia, uh, Georgia side of the field. But after that, they didn't have any successful plays once they got in there. So they and their and their kicker, you're, you know, that kicker's not going to make five <laughs> multiple 50 yard kicks in a college game so yeah I, dude that was a whole other wild so that, that dude was stroking from 56 and, like and like he i thought for half of that game that they were going to hit like a 72 yard field goal to win at the buzzer so I mean, just, let me let me just finish up because i don't big picture if this is the defense and this is the production we're getting out of our defense in florida and after I'm a little concerned, but I still think this defense is growing before our eyes and it's going to get better. So, yes, back to the fat kicker. I mean, he missed a 20-something yard field goal to beat Auburn last <laughs> week. I think they said that about 10 times. But and Yeah, yeah. and the guy was – I mean, I'm still saying it because I still can't believe it that he went from one week literally <laughs> – like if he was if he was in the NFL, he would have been Dude, cut last week and then would have been a pro bowler like this week. Like it just <laughs> – it was, freaking Adam Terry, dude. Yeah, it was that dramatic. It was just wild. Never, I haven't yeah. seen anything like that in a long time where it's just that dramatic of a difference between game to game. I mean, I, I think for me with the uh, defense, like my thought, I, I worry about Ringo down the road. Like, I think like he's got to, he's got to show some stuff on tape that like mm-hmm. you can't just throw it up and he's not going to turn around and find the ball or, you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to commit a penalty every other target. Because uh, if he doesn't, Tennessee is going to hunt his ass yeah. over and over and over, and it's going to be bad. Um, yes. Maybe hold off on printing the Ringo Island shirts for a little bit. He's got all the physical gifts that you could ask for. I mean, like he's going to stay step for step with anybody. Um, but, I mean, there's – there was a couple plays in this game where I thought, like, dude, if he just turns around and goes like this, it's an interception because he's always in great position because he's so athletic. Uh, so you want to see that change. But the run fits, I don't really worry about, A, because that kind of stretch zone play that Missouri mm-hmm. runs is pretty unique on the college yeah. level. Yeah. B, you didn't have Jalen Carter – like, right. I don't know if those runs pop if you have Jalen Carter in the game. Yeah. And see, I just – I don't know, man. I've seen Kirby coach run defenses for too long to think that they're not going to figure it out. Yeah, every everything that you saw was is fixable and coachable, right? There wasn't – there weren't situations where you're – there are times where you look at it and you say – this guy just isn't good. <laughs> I mean, just the – you just don't have the talent. You just don't have – you know – it's not clicking. Georgia was in position to make plays when they didn't make them all night long, and that stuff. Right, and they, and they made a lot of plays too. They did. Oh, that, the let's, defense let's, was fantastic. Yeah, let's look at them. Yeah, I'm yeah. moving right along. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. all right. I like Smile it. Smile, Monden. Smile, Monden. Come in here. Crash like great read on the end around crash. You know that's he's such a freak athlete dude um, it's so much fun to watch him play um hear him and dumas johnson come up the middle you might want to see him make that sack but on third and nine you get the quarterback off his spot force him to your help michael williams 
Good job getting in there. Had a chance to make that play as well. I thought Lassiter actually played a really nice game in run support. Um, right here, you got pressure everywhere. You got Tyke getting in the backfield. You got Lassiter mm-hmm. as well. Like, I like the way that he hits for a defensive back, um, yep. especially for a cornerback. Oh. Yep. Uh, no, you're good. And then, yeah, Tramel Walther, great play by him. Uh, this is going to be a screen right here. I thought good pursuit by Georgia on this. You know, mm-hmm. after those issues, you see them turn that play back inside like we had talked about. Uh, and then we we highlighted these plays in our preview as well. Uh, good job, Ray. On the edge, hunting this down against Missouri's best wide receiver. That's a really, really nice play by Johnson and uh, or Dumas Johnson and uh, Tyke Smith. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, this is three downs in a row right here coming up here on clip 19. Yeah. You're going to see a really nice open field tackle by Tyke. I thought Tyke played well. Um, I did too. Yeah, I mean, I don't – it sounds like Bullard's back this week, so I don't know what that means for him. But uh, I, I think he is going to contribute to this defense in some significant moments moving forward. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Good yeah, run I mean, defense. Playing, sorry, playing against yeah, I was just saying again. I keep saying it like playing with your back up against the wall, and when you've got to pick up the defense, I mean you got to you know protect the offense is good good stuff. I mean I sound like I'm just you know just Mister Homer, but I, you know we got the win, and this defense is still going to grow up. I yeah, I kind of love it. I mean they made a hell of a lot of plays, man. <laughs> no, and I mean I think this is one of the like you got to well we'll talk about this in a second, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Stackhouse, like, I, this was a play where I was like, okay, Jalen Carter just goes out of the game, mm-hmm. and, you know, Stackhouse is going to come in here and be like, hey, it's fine. I'm, I'm a, yep. I'll am i blow some stuff up too, you know. Yep. Uh, I thought he played a really good game. That's a nice job by Ringo coming up, playing that reverse as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number 90 and number 78, Stackhouse and Walter uh, and Brinson as well. 97 continue to impress me up front. And then really nice blitz by Tresman Marshall on a third and goal situation to get Georgia off the field right there. Uh, coming 15. One of the bigger plays. That whole series is one of the biggest ones, you know, possibly the season. If yeah. Georgia, Georgia gives up a touchdown there, who knows what happens. Right. Exactly. Um, Dumas Johnson, I thought is, you know, I thought he had a nice night in coverage. They tried to pick on him at, at times and were not successful. Uh, this uh, is 69, right? I just I just got to say, like, I was watching this with my son, and I was like, watch number 10, watch 10. He's, he's They're going to pick on him right here. And it was like, I call this. I get one a game, and I made my son, <laughs> thinks, I'm a, my son thinks I'm a genius. Hey, man, you're the host of a, of a moderately Podcast popular seen by YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, this doesn't just happen, Josh. <laughs> yeah, this is dude. You've gotten the mental reps in, so now you're, you're, you're making plays in the game. Uh, here comes Brinson, ninety-seven. Big play by him right here at defensive tackle, swimming off, getting up. You gotta love it. He's super athletic and fun to watch. Uh, Nolan Smith here off the edge does a really nice job of not biting too hard on that fake. So good. Oh, yeah. I love it. Just see, I'm happy now. See, I'm so happy. Still like watching these awesome plays. I just love it. And then you got Brinson here again. Mm -hmm. Um, getting into the backfield. Wait, no. What clip is this? Oh, that was 97. You've got it labeled as Brinson, but it was just a good play by the secondary. No, I think you well. Oh, weird. Yeah, we just skipped clip 97. That's all right. This is all right. There's 81 clips. My bad. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, but uh, this was a nice play Mm. by Starks. Yeah, that one felt like it could have been picked. He knew it, too. It did. I was almost glad he didn't because I don't know that you want Georgia on the one. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, that's true. But um, But you're not wrong. 
Yeah. It was almost like he tripped at the end. Yeah, yeah if he comes did. up clean, it's not at the one, dude. <laughs> it's at the 40. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, this is good coverage. You know, this is kind of – I mean, you're, you're, Georgia's finally got a lead here. Missouri yeah. tries to throw their way down. And then you get this third down right here. And Tyke, I thought – I mean, that was the moment of the game. Bannister's like a ninth-year senior for them. Slot receiver, he's long. He made some – Sticky grabs. He's got good hands, and Tyke played him really well without committing pass interference. Never panicked. Um, yeah, the, the, the last thing I'll say before we wrap this up is just you're right, Josh. Like this is a young defense, and it's a young team, and the guys that were the leaders last year are gone. And there was kind of that moment on Saturday night where everyone was like, "All right, who's?" You know, who do we kind of look at here? It was funny. My wife, who does not watch a ton of football, but she does watch Georgia and actually was, like, nervous during this game. And it was like, you know, I'm mad at you for getting me invested in this now. But uh, she was, you know, she made the comment. She was like, Stetson, like, is kind of like a dad. Like, how he, like, you know, he's always, like, fixing the offensive lineman's pads and, like, just making sure everybody's okay. And I thought that was kind of an interesting observation. Um Mm -hmm. But, you know, when your run game – like Kirby made the comment of in the past when things have gone poorly on the road in the SEC, they've always been able to fall back on their run game. And they couldn't do that until the fourth quarter of this game. And I thought he carried the team, you know, to carry the offense through that stretch, did enough to keep them in the game. And I thought the defense, you know, just kind of – figured it out and there was that intensity and but this is one of those moments where like you kind of all look at each other and figure out what everybody's made of and i I do think that georgia will find themselves in a tough game down the road where this this matters yeah i i I agree with you 100 percent. i also think you know i i don't think folks realize um i've i've been in these situations as a player a long time ago where when you're on the road at night and you're the better team and you know you're the better team it gets real lonely it can get real lonely when things aren't going right and that whole stadium is against you and like you know and so having someone like that's a minute who uh, when guys aren't necessarily playing well or whatever, not letting it get lonely for those guys, for those individual contributors where you have, you know, the team coming together and Kirby said it before the game. And one of the highlights that I saw where he said, you know, it's, it, we're playing for, for, you know, you're playing for a brother. We're playing for each other, like connection, right. all these things. But there's a difference between just saying that stuff and then having to live it like it's a it's I used to have a coach who said it's it's the head knowledge versus the heart knowledge. It's like you can know you can hear all that stuff in your head all the time. But until you got to like feel it in your heart and actually live it in the moment, um, that's where people really grow up. And so that I was really, you know, I was happy that that I wasn't happy the game went the way it went. But I was happy mm-hmm. that at this point in the season, Georgia got to feel that transfer of like. We've been hearing all this stuff, and now we got to really feel it. Do we really believe it? Can we really like tap into it? And they were able to do it. Is is uh, it, that that's what you want? Because I guarantee you, man, it's going to be. Um, you look at you look at some of these games, right? You think about Kentucky. You think about Mississippi State. Like Starkville you know, at night is weird, man. It gets weird. Yeah, it's weird. You're going to be in a situation where it's going to feel where it's going to start getting lonely again. And now you've had you have a proof point that you can look back and be like. Yeah, we we've been here before. We've done this before. This is not new it's to not us. Gross. Yeah, would 30, much thirty-one <laughs> snaps for Missouri in the first half, six yards of play. Twenty-one in the second half, under five of play. Twenty-three percent success rate allowed in the second half. So that defense may have grown up at halftime. Yeah, well, and I, I think like the, I guess the best way I would put it is just that. I don't think – I think that South Carolina went so easily for them that they didn't really come out like – I think there's guys that were like, well, I've played in an SEC road game before. I just did <laughs> Columbia. We beat their asses by 48 points. Like, I'm just going to – you know, we're no. going to cruise up here. We're no. going to out-talent these dudes. No, we'll go man. up 
you know, we'll go up 17 in the first quarter and these guys will lay down and credit to Missouri who had a good game plan and, you know, yeah. uh, exploited Georgia in, in a lot of ways. But I, like, I think we talked, we had this whole conversation post Kent state about like Georgia needing adversity. Like this was some real adversity. And I kind of have a feeling that they are not going to come out and look, you know, lackadaisical on Saturday against Auburn. I hope, yeah, I, can't, you know, I, hope I, I could be wrong, but like, I, I'm going to say this and, and, and I've said it a couple of times in the last week and people may not like it, but Kent state was not adversity. You, I mean, you were in a situation where the second half you were up by two scores, the entire second half, like, like that, that game, you had some tough situations that you were in, but Missouri was never not winning that game. No, Missouri was was, in doubt. Yeah. When you're trailing in the fourth quarter, on the road in the SEC at night, like that's real adversity. Um, especially when you're in a situation where, you know, you you have those moments where like Georgia just had all day to sit there and think about it. And I think sometimes that for a young team, uh, when, when you play those night games and you're on the road and like you're just sitting around the the hotel and then the locker room and whatever, and you're just thinking about stuff, um, that can be that can be very difficult, but uh, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think we're going to see that versus Auburn this week. I'm excited for this game. Um, and maybe Georgia. Maybe this will be the game that that Harson gets run out of town on a rail. Um, maybe Georgia will be. Maybe Kirby will have another notch in his in his post of uh, coaches <laughs> that he has gotten canned. Um, all right, <laughs> we just say that for the, later in the week. It is our week. We like trucks. All right, I, like, I don't uh, care for Auburn. I don't know if you can tell. I don't care for Auburn. Well, all right. Yeah. Anything else, Graham? Wrap. Take us out because I you got something else to say. I bet to wrap this up. Uh, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we'll do some Auburn stuff. Uh, we're gonna put up a video that we did with George Foster uh, earlier today for some, some more detailed explanations on zone versus gap. So keep your eye on that. Uh, it'll be on the dog central YouTube channel and sure. not subscribe to the dog central YouTube channel. Seriously. What are you what doing? Are you doing? Come on, man. Doing? Yeah. We, like, we drop. Yeah. And not it everything. Go- and not everything goes- $0 to hit the subscribe button. Yeah. And not everything goes on the Twitter. So if you're watching on Twitter right now, just you know, pound that subscribe on the YouTube and, and do all that sort of stuff. And for the record, we outlasted the Missouri film review by my God, a podcast today by 20 yep. solid minutes. First time ever. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Go and check out the uh, dogcentral.com website. There's a ton of great stuff from Josh. Lots of stats, lots of John insights and forums and boards. Uh, great recruiting intel from Jason. Uh, lots of content from all of us. It's the best deal on the internet. And, the best 99 you ever spent. And this is the part of the season where it's getting good. I'm not just saying that. This is where you're you're in the grind of the SEC schedule. You have the the games that all of all of you know Georgia fans wait all year for are coming uh, down the pike. And so, hop on a Dog Central, subscribe six ninety nine a month. We're still running thirty three eighteen for six months, which is five dollars and fifty cents. I mean, I could I I literally spent more than that on a latte this morning one drink that lasted me 17 minutes and you can have six months of georgia georgia, georgia may hang 60 on the in the national championship this year and stuff's going to get more expensive so get in there <laughs> yeah it's true Hop on. all right y'all yeah, all before right. georgia puts 49 on bama and atlanta you better take advantage <laughs> of that 3318 special <laughs> all right guys good job man we'll see you later this week, right. guys. see y'all